This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. We're broadcasting live from ACC Operation Basketball of town Charlotte. Emma Joyce, basketball season's just about here. And here are the three most intriguing storylines heading into the ACC basketball season. For me, it all starts with Duke basketball. Our first guest today will be Mike Krzyzewski. The Hall of Fame coach will join us in 15 minutes. And for the Blue Devils, I really feel like this is their best shot to win a regular season title in the eight-year drought, make it nine-year drought that Coach K has had since he's won a regular season ACC crown. The last time being 2010, a year later, Kyrie Irving arrives on campus, Duke recruits the one and done, and it's just taken more time for his teams to come together. And as a result, by the time they do, they're already out of the regular season race by season's end. It's been dominance by North Carolina and Virginia in the last half dozen years or so, but this particular year, there is doubt not only with North Carolina, but with Virginia both losing a substantial amount of their scoring. Duke's going to have to shoulder some of that as well with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish leaving off to the NBA and Marquise Bolden leaving a ton of his defense and experience. But this is the best collection of youth and experience a Mike Krzyzewski team has had probably since the 2015 championship team. Remember, that's the last team that's had a returning point guard coming back among the starters that Coach Case had. That was Quinn Cook. And Duke, they went through turmoil in that season. The only time Coach Case ever dismissed a player was in that national title year. Rashid Suleiman in February parting ways with the team, which shortened the rotation to allow for a guy named Grayson Allen to get involved. But... Without revisiting history from five years ago, I think examining what the roster looks like right now, it's hard to say Duke and Louisville aren't heads and shoulders above the rest of the ACC, at least on paper. I've already made it known in the past, but if you missed it, I like Louisville to win the ACC regular season. I think there are the most they, there are more known commodities with the Cardinals than any other team you're going to find in the conference. You return a lot of the scoring that really led them to a pretty substantial season until they fell off at the end of the year. Stephen Enoch and Jordan War are returning. There is some question at point guard, but Louisville's a team, I think, the talent that Chris Max recruited, the quality of coach that Chris Mack is, and on top of that, the type of returning talent they have there, it's hard for me to not pick Louisville to win the league. And when the poll comes out tomorrow or Thursday from the ACC, I expect Louisville to be the preseason favorite. Beyond that, I think it's Duke. I think the top tier consists of just two teams. I think it's the Cardinals and the Blue Devils. This is the best shot Duke's had to win an ACC regular season title in the last five years. They haven't done it since 2010. I also mentioned that North Carolina has a little bit of uncertainty surrounding them. That leads me to my second storyline this ACC basketball season. It is North Carolina's front court. I'm concerned about UNC right now. 
I, going into a year, you usually know what you're getting from a Roy Williams team. You know you can rely on the bigs or he's going to have a – Roy Williams is going to have a senior guard that can pick up the bulk of the scoring. That's not what exists right now. It isn't to say this team is less talented. No. While there's so much turnover, what North Carolina's losing in that regard, they're gaining in the talent department. Cole Anthony playing point guard might be the best team player in the entire Atlantic Coast Conference. He's that good. But you're, you're already replacing someone who was one of the most dynamic players of the conference last year in Kobe White. And you're going to have to figure out a, a way to, re, uh, to pick up the scoring from Luke May, Cameron Johnson. These, these players, it's not easy to replace that. And Kenny Williams' leadership in defense. North Carolina is going to have to find out who they are. And I think in the backcourt, there's not going to be much drop-off with Anthony and the defense from Brandon Robinson, who I think is going to take that step, the same step that Williams took from a freshman to sophomore season. But the front court is something I think is very suspect. How many guys can you trust if you're Coach Williams? You can generously say two. Garrison Brooks going to be shifting to a more natural position at power forward versus center. You don't know yet what Armando Baycott is, but all accounts I've heard from people who have watched him and have been around North Carolina basketball say, this guy's for real. If he has a good season, he could potentially be another one-and-done player the same way Nasir Little and Kobe White were a year ago. I buy that. I'm going to go ahead and say two North Carolina players, two, two North Carolina forwards Roy Williams can trust. But after that, who? I don't know if that... If you can lean on a Brandon Huffman, Sterling Manley, we've learned from Coach Williams himself in the last week or so. He, he doesn't know even when he's going to be able to run and shoot and get back in his defensive stance. And he was banged up the last two years. So you can't really rely on Sterling Manley, I think, at any point. So is Roy Williams going to chance it in most of the game, play the two reliable forwards he has just so he can play a lineup he's more comfortable going with, a conventional 4-5, big man lineup, or does he go small and stagger the minutes with both Brooks and Baycott? Does he go to a small lineup that has Leaky Black playing the four with him being spelled by Justin Pierce coming in as a graduate transfer, a really good defensive rebounder uh, transferring from William and Mary? That's something that fascinates me, and I think it's another compelling storyline going into the year. Before we catch up with Mike Krzyzewski of Duke, you can chime in if you want to. On Twitter at SportsUpTriad, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Aaron Gabriel is the one turning the dials today, making sure we sound okay. Jenny Causey, our general manager on site as well. And Desmond Johnson is back in Kernersville in our Sports Hub studios right there in the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studios. The third Operation Basketball storyline headed into the ACC season, Virginia. We talked so much about Duke and North Carolina and, heck, even Louisville in the last five minutes. I forgot to mention that Virginia won the national title last year. Everybody seems to be forgetting about Virginia because they are losing Ty Jerome, they're losing Kyle Guy, and they're losing another one of their scores, DeAndre Hunter, who was the top draft pick that they had. Heck, these guys, they just interchange so well in Tony Bennett's system. I forget their names at points, which is kind of the point I'm bringing up here. I'm, I'm not counting Virginia out as being a contender in the ACC. I can't do it just yet. 
How are they going to pick up the scoring? I don't know yet. But look at Virginia basketball the last dozen years or so, or make it the last half dozen years or so. When you see the way Virginia has replaced solid scores year after year after year, maybe you won't quite count out the Cavaliers because there are some more unfamiliar, less proven names who are going to be starting for this team. Think about it. Six years ago, when Virginia started this run of success that's had them win 20 games in each of those seasons and often win closer to 30 games, Mike Scott was the forward Virginia was leaning on. When Mike Scott finished up playing, there was a question, who's going to replace him? And Tony Bennett's slower-paced offense that's very, that values possession basketball more than maybe any other team in the league. Enter Akeel Mitchell. In 2013-2014, he was that guy playing a very similar role to Mike Scott. When Akeel Mitchell finished up, oh, who's going to replace Akeel Mitchell? 2015, 2016, it was Anthony Gill. And when Anthony Gill finished up, enter a guy named Isaiah Wilkins. Then it's DeAndre Hunter the last two years. The player's going to be asked to fill this role that someone's filled for Virginia basketball the last seven years is Mabadi Diakite. He's the player. He hit the most important shot maybe in the history of Virginia basketball in the Elite Eight to get Virginia to the Final Four. The, the, the shot, by the way, was assisted by Kihei Clark, who's back for another season for Virginia. Diakite, it's maybe the number one question going into the year I have. Was his lack of scoring a product of him being unable to score or and not being developed enough to score or simply playing a role that didn't ask him to shoot the ball a ton because you had Hunter, Guy, and Jerome on the floor? That's the fundamental question with Virginia. Because who knows? He might step in and start scoring it, and we start asking, where's this guy been? He might have been here all along just not being asked to score because there's only so many shots he can get, especially in that offense. So Diakita, he's the X factor. And you're getting the leading rebounder of Virginia basketball back, and Braxton Key, who came off the bench. And Jack Salt's gone, but Jay Huff, I think he has higher upside than him at center. And Kihei Clark, as I mentioned, is back at point guard. They got a good recruiting class coming in. Tony Bennett, he recruits his system well. So don't count out Virginia basketball. Another headline to be noted going into the ACC season. We've got a massive lineup on today's show. C.J. Bryce, NC State guard. He once upon a time was coached by Kevin Keats at UNC Wilmington. And when Coach Keats left to go to NC State, Bryce was like, yeah, I feel like I'm left behind a little bit here. I, I need to go join my coach back in Raleigh. And his first season with the Pack was last year. He's got another season. And NC State has high hopes this year. In 20 minutes, we will visit with C.J. Bryce, NC State guard. But coming up, it is Duke Hall of Fame basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski. I want to talk to him about Tony Bennett's Virginia Cavaliers and the measurement of March Madness. Also, maybe we'll get into his team a little bit too. Coach K will join us here in Uptown Charlotte, site of Operation Basketball, next on The Drive. Welcome to the show that cloned the Loch Ness Monster and got her drunk. The Drive with Josh Graham. All right, we're at Operation Basketball, Uptown Charlotte, and 
there's things I like about this event and things I'm not a big fan of. I do like we get a chance to talk to many different players, many different coaches. Mike Krzyzewski was just with us. You heard from him. David Glenn's going to be hanging out with us in about 15 minutes. And we're now visiting with C.J. Bryce, NC State guard, going into his second year with the program. But the thing I don't like about it is it gets repetitive at times where I can't tell you how many radio shows I'm walking past. People are talking about the FBI. They're talking about the national, uh, the name, image, and likeness, California law. It's the same stuff over and over and over again. So my pact is, as long as we're here, we're not going to ask the same questions that everybody else is asking. We're going to try and have a little bit of fun around here. Somebody who I think is for this is C.J. Bryce. C.J., what, what is today like from the lens of a player when you look out and you see a dozen or 15 radio shows out there, TV, and also print reporters trying to get stuff out of you, what, what is it like through a player to be at an event like this? Uh, this is actually my second year. Um, I actually participated um, in ACC Media Day last year also. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand it. I understand the perspective that they have, you know, and I try to answer the questions as best as possible, um, you know, and give them the information that I know and that, and that I can't disclose, um, you know, but I mean, even like you said, you know, getting asked some, you know, some of the same questions over and over again, you know, especially asking the players that, you know, is, you know, a lot of things that the players can't say. So, I mean. All right, well, let's, let's get through the pre-packaged answers that you've already thought about on the drive here and you've been given all day. Let's just knock those out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. C.J. Bryce, how excited are you for the season? I'm so excited. You know, this is my last run. Um, you know, played a couple years at Wilmington Transfer. I had to set out. Um, had, a, had a season last year. I would say um, more on a disappointing end as far as, you know, how far we wanted to get and the goals that we have for the team. And we're just looking forward to getting back to it this season. All right. Give me a sense for what Coach Keats is like as a coach at North Carolina, uh, UNCW versus where you're at now at NC State. Has he changed at all? I wouldn't say he's changed at all. Um, you know. A little bit more money in his pocket. You yeah, know? But the suits are a little nicer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the same guy, though. You know, he, he demands the same thing out of his players. And, um, you know, all we know is really go hard, fast-paced game, and, um, you know, get after it every day. Coach Keats wouldn't say last year on the record that there are coaches that spend more on the suits and some who don't. But Kevin Keats, in my estimation, the best-dressed coach in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, the guy – you see the red coat that seems fitted, the blazer, the shoes. I mean, is that something that makes it more attractive to play for a coach when he has the nice watch, the nice shoes, and the nice suit? I mean, as a team, we try not to get too caught up in it, but we definitely notice that, you know, coming <laughs> to the court, sometimes I bump my teammate like, yo, did you see what he just had on his feet? <laughs> you know, I mean, he always brings out something new, so, I mean, you know, he has the drip that, we, that he needs. Oh, I know all about that drip. Yeah. Uh, I'm somebody who... <laughs> Once upon a time, talking to Cam Newton about the drip. And Cam, whoo, he, he, he showed me up because there aren't many people that say drip that have big frame glasses and look the way I do. So I'll leave that, I'll leave that to other people who are a lot cooler than me. CJ, you're somebody, though, I have to think that some of the style has worn off on you, some of Kevin Keats's style. Is that true? Um. I mean, to be honest, I already had a style before I oh. met Coach, you know what I mean? So it's but, the other way around. Uh, I, I would say I appreciate his style, you know, and what he does, you know, <laughs> for the ACC as far as the fashion perspective. And, he, and he's doing a great job at it. It's NC State guard C.J. Bryce joining us. Operation Basketball in Charlotte. 
let's we were talking about right before we entered this segment you're getting set for something massive tonight there's college basketball starting in a month but it is a seismic event that's about to take place in the life of cj bryce potentially later this evening after you get done here in charlotte you're thinking about going to see the joker movie yes sir what, what's your mindset going in here? I'm really anxious to see, you know, what it, I mean, not really what it's about, but how they view and how they want the, the audience to view the Joker, you know, in, in this movie right here, you know, because you always see him as a villain going, you know, going against Batman and really the bad part of him. But I want to see if they show any good of him. I want to show his mindset and his motives for what he does. Yeah, here's the thing. He's not the ultimate villain. I, I saw the movie, Aaron Gabriel on site here. He's seen the movie as well. It's very dark, okay? I don't think anybody's coming away from this movie liking the Joker, but man, Joaquin Phoenix, he lost 52 pounds for the role. He's kind of insane the entire time, but when you think of the Joker, Who's the first Joker you think about? You going back to Jack Nicholson, or do you go Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight? I would probably say Jack Nicholson. Really? Yeah. Do you think it's a better Joker? I wouldn't say a better Joker, but, I mean, that's just the one that sticks out to me the most. I mean, but, I mean, from the from what I saw from the previews, this is going to be pretty good. Oh, it's know? good, baby. Yeah. So, are you a movie buff, or are you someone that's just into it because the buzz is there, or you like comic books? Um... I mean, I really go with whatever catches my attention. I mean, if even if I was, I'm really into scary movies. I mean, if I was to see a romantic preview and it looked like a really good movie, then I'm going to see that. Come on, <laughs> CJ, give me the romantic comedy that you watch. Like you're, you're not ashamed to say I watched this movie and I liked it. The rest of you guys just bleep off. <sighs> like, what are you willing to admit that you like? As far as movies, yeah, um, you into the Notebook? No, I'm not a Notebook guy. Not a Notebook guy. Notebook. Bachelor, Bachelorette? I'm uh, into that. No. Okay, not into the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. <laughs> Try, trying to figure it out, maybe. maybe. Hmm. Thirteen going on thirty. I actually really liked thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> there I it really is. Did. I really did. I really liked that movie. It was really good. I watched it a couple times. Right? Everybody, get in touch. I think the worldwide leader somewhere. ESPN, ACC Network. Put it on the bottom scroll. It is C.J. Bryce in the big letters at NC State. C.J. Bryce, fan, stan, if you will, of 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner. Wow. That was a really good movie. Did you ever have a crush on somebody, on the, uh, an actress on a movie screen? If anybody. Um... <laughs> Who are you thinking about? you got the big smile on your face. Uh, if I was going to anybody, I would probably go with Sandra Bullock. Wow. Yeah, she, yeah, she's gorgeous. Sandra Bullock yeah. has a lot in common with the person sitting across from you right now. Sandra Bullock and Josh Graham here, East Carolina graduates. Uh, really? Once upon that. a time, Sandra Bullock used to be referred to in a dorm at, in Greenville, America, as Sandy from the first floor. And I had friends who were on the second floor there. They're like, oh, yeah. We're just hanging out from Sandy with Sandy from the first floor. Why did they call her that? Well, her name. She lived on the first floor, and her name was Sandy. Okay. It's pretty easy. <laughs> did you ever have any nicknames? Uh, no, I just straight with CJ. C, Big C, anything like that. All right, so we're going to root on this guy. We're going to root on Big C. Does C, C from the four. 
See, <laughs> are you on Twitter anywhere? Where can the people find yes, you? Um, I actually deleted my Instagram okay. um, probably about a week ago. Um, but I have Twitter at Trippy Main T R I P P three Y's underscore M A two N's two E's. Go there and support our guy. Yes, sir. C from the floor. What floor? C from the four. Oh yeah, C, C from, from the, the four. Seven oh four, Charlotte. Baby. That's what it's. That's yeah. where it's at. See, you're in Charlotte. Where are you visiting? If you're in Charlotte, you have to go to one restaurant. Where are you headed? Um, that's a tough one right there. See, we're asking the toughest of questions. Uh, I would probably say. <laughs> I'm not sure on that one. All right. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll leave you being stumped, but tell me this. But if you ever, oh, if you ever in Raleigh, though, you have to visit the Capitol Grill. Oh, I know Capitol yes, Grill. Yes, sir. That's where it's at. See, CJ, C from the four. C from the four. C from the four, yes, letting us know what's up. Is this interview a lot different than any other one you've yeah, done today? All right. There you go. CJ Bryce. We're rooting on this guy. So yes, shoot sir. him a follow. Let him know what's up. NC State basketball this year. Appreciate you dropping by. Appreciate you having me, man. That is C.J. Bryce. Once again, NC State basketball. David Glenn, our early afternoon host, going to spend a little bit of time with us as well. That's coming up next on The Drive. You could try getting your sports news and talk somewhere else. My life sucks quite enough already, thank you. Best to leave it right here on The Drive with Josh Graham. Here at Operation Basketball a Tuesday afternoon on the drive, and we're visiting now with Wake Forest head basketball coach Danny Manning, about a month away from the start of the year, Danny. And from your perspective, when people come up to you and they're asking, hey, what are some things you guys having this year that are going to be different? How are you going to turn things around? What are some things that you get to see on a day-to-day -day basis that maybe people on the outside aren't privy to as you try to get the Deeks back to the tournament for the first time in a few years? Well, I think one thing is uh, the senior leadership that we have. You know, we've got three senior guards that have played quality minutes in college, uh, with Brandon playing the most in the ACC and, and having a level of success last year and scoring the ball and, and um, having assists, um, Torrey Johnson, having some success and um, bringing in Andrew White as, as a transfer graduate student. So those three guys kind of lead the way for us. They all have experience. They all understand what it takes to be successful in college. So I'm excited about that. I've got some upperclassmen, big guys that uh, have been in the fire before, and so they have a feel for it. So, you know, this is one of the more experienced teams that we'll put out there on the court um, in recent memory, to be honest with you. Um, the majority of our games. We have some very talented freshmen that will contribute as well. And, um, you know, we're looking for contributions from them. But we don't have to hang our hat on contributions from the freshmen like we've had in the past. I don't have to throw a freshman out there in, in terms of feeding them to the wolves, if you will, and baptism by fire and figure it out on the go. I can give them small doses of it. And it kind of reminds me of Brandon's situation when he came in as a freshman, where he played some, but... Um, you know, he got his feet wet and he, he got a taste of it, but, you know, we didn't have to uh, leave him out there for extended periods of time if he wasn't ready for it. I remember last year there were just head-scratcher games, and I would ask you at a press conference, hey, what, what are some things that are happening? And you kept defaulting back. This is what happens at times when you have youth and you have a young team. 
I was catching up with Brandon not too long ago, Brandon Childress, and he said, it's just a different vibe around the building, everybody knowing each other and there being familiarity. But when that translates onto the floor, Danny, in what spots, what situations do you think that experience helps you most? Well, uh, hopefully it, it helps us in all the situations out there on the floor. You know, every situation is different. Every moment down the court, um, defensively, the need. Um, obviously, you want to make sure the team doesn't get a quality shot um, or a shot at all. You want to make sure you finish a possession with the basketball, whether it's um, a loose ball pickup or a rebound. So having that understanding of, of that, I, I think this group has a good feel for that. And um, not that groups in the past haven't, but you don't know until you know. You don't have experience until you have it. And, and, and now we're at a point where, you know, we're putting some guys out there on the court that have a decent level of experience. Ideally, what would you want Brandon Childress's role to be? Because it seemed like at points last year, you were asking a lot of him, maybe too much of him at the point guard spot. I'm going to ask a lot of him this year as well. Um, but there's a little bit more balance in terms of um, guys that he's out there with. Um, you know, he's the quarterback of our team. And he's got to make sure everybody's on the same page out there on the floor. He's got to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. And that's a tough job. And um, put that on the top of he's got to score some points for us, too. He's got to get some assists for us. Um, but, but not at the rate he had to get them last year because there is a little bit more balance for us throughout the, uh, throughout the lineup. So, but there are going to be some games where he's going to have to do some heavy lifting, no question about it. All players on teams go through that. And um, there'll be some nights where he's going to be more facilitator. So a lot of it's just going to depend on how the other guys are playing, what the situation is, and things of that nature. It's Wake Forest basketball coach Danny Manning with us on Sports Hub Triad. The thing I like about Brandon, he's somebody who's very present. And he's, I think he told us one time, I have one more year left, and I want to make sure I file away things and remember what's happening so years from now I could appreciate my time at Wake Forest. And also playing alongside his dad, his dad being on your coaching staff. You're somebody I think can relate to that as your dad was at Kansas when you played over there. When you think back on the times you enjoyed playing the game most, as somebody who played it at the high school level locally and then at Kansas at the top level of college basketball, then in the NBA, what do you go to first? It doesn't matter what level, I go to memories. Yeah, I go to memories and... and, and reflect back on the, the good times, the hard times, the trying times, the difficult times of, of all those levels. Um, you know, whenever you see a former teammate that you played with in high school or you played with in college, or you, you played with professionally, and take it a step further, that you played up against, there's always a sense of appreciation for what the sacrifices that they made to, to be at that level. And... Um, there's always a bond, you know, different. I just saw uh, Carlos Boozer over there, and we never played against each other. I mean, played with each other. We played against each other. But it's always good to see somebody that you've kind of been in the trenches with and you've battled with. So that's a unique fraternity. And all sports have it, but, you know, our, our fraternity in basketball is a little bit different just because of um, there's so much common ground. You know, like now with former players that I see, it's, you know, it was our children play or they're playing sports or things of that nature. So the conversation changes, but the bond is always there. There isn't a level you found to be more satisfying, more fulfilling than others? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think you look at the professional level and you can say that's more satisfying because there's a financial tag to it. Sure. Um, 
But yet and still, you know, I reflect back on my days at Kansas. I reflect back on my high school days. Um, these are all memories that are very special to me. And, um, you know, so for me, it's, you know, being fortunate. I had great coaches coming up in high school and college, obviously, and playing professionally. I played for some Hall of Fame coaches. And so for me, those memories are always something that I can reflect back upon. And um, no matter what I'm going through, because um, life happens, you know, there'll be maybe it's a small piece of time. Maybe it's a little bit more extended piece of time but those memories are something that I always reflect back on very fondly. It's Wake Forest basketball coach Danny Manning with us on Sports Hub Tryon. This morning at the Commissioner's Forum I asked John Swafford about the rotation that's currently in place for the ACC tournament and it's going to be returning to Greensboro for the first time since 2015. Now you got Brooklyn a part of the footprint which you've been to a few times and Washington DC as well. Are there and it's been in Charlotte too last year most recently. Are there certain sites that you enjoy more than others? Well, I think the ACC tournament in itself is special. Um, now, for me, I grew up in Greensboro. I grew up around the ACC tournament, and I like it in Greensboro. That's just my personal preference. Um, but I think the places that we've gone, the markets that we hit, when you look at uh, the New York market, when you, you talk about the Charlotte area, I mean, the ACC tournament is well-received no matter where it goes because of the ACC and what this league stands for, the, the tradition, the history, the great players, the great coaches, and the great teams. And so the product that we have is a great product. Um, I just like it in Greensboro a little bit more. Well, what makes it special, though, Greensboro well, specifically? Well, I, I think that was kind of the, the heart of the ACC tournament, where it you know, kind of grabbed a hold and really locked into the community. And I think the community in Greensboro does a wonderful job of embracing that ACC tournament. Um, there are a lot of people there that support different teams, but at the end of the day, they all come out and support ACC basketball. Danny, it's good to have you here. We'll see you in a month. Thanks for being on in the triad as always. Thank you. And there he goes, Wake Forest basketball coach Danny Manning joining us at Operation Basketball in Charlotte. Your thoughts are welcome on Twitter at Sports Hub Dryad. The drive brought to you in part by our friends at Pie Guys Pizza and more. Pay them a visit in Clemens, right off of Louisville Clemens Road. It is... The Kinnaman Village Commons, you can find Pie Guys Pizza and more. Try the Grand Slam Pizza, or how about the Moravian Sugar Cane Pie? I don't know. Maybe you could try the Buffalo Wings as well. A lot of options. Pie Guys Pizza and more online at pieguys.com. A lot of things there from Danny. And if you're talking about somebody who's just had a very full life of basketball, that's a guy who locally in Greensboro played High school basketball, one of the best players we've ever seen come out of this area. Played at Kansas, National Player of the Year. I mean, I don't have to go through his entire track record. You know it by now. But it's an important year for the Deeks. And Danny, he's somebody who generally doesn't make excuses. He's a guy who will tell you what he believes might be the cause of something that isn't working. And at many points last year, he said simply, it's youth. And sometimes you have head-scratching results when the youth of a team just hasn't been in certain spots, especially in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, there are some people who hear that and think, okay, well, that is somebody making excuses. Many players, many teams across the country make things happen with young lineups. But that's not something he could say this time around. As Danny just noted in this conversation, that he has a very experienced team now. A lot of guys back, Andrean White, going to contribute as a transfer from Charlotte, a grad transfer or a transfer who's now a redshirt senior, Brandon Childress back, and a handful of guys, Chandi Brown, 
going to be an impact player for Wake Forest. If things don't work out for Danny and Wake Forest this year, it won't be because of you. And the standard at Wake Forest, and frankly from pretty much every program in the ACC, it has to be higher than making the NCAA tournament one time in a six-year stretch. Danny knows that. We've discussed it with Danny. There are Wake Forest basketball fans who are unhappy at the moment, but Danny's privy to things that we haven't seen behind the scenes, and he knows what he has more than anybody else. We will all get a chance to see what exactly that is in one month, and we'll evaluate at that point. Once again, on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad, we are at ACC Operation Basketball Uptown Charlotte. You wanted to hear some great sports talk? Well, here it is. Oh, what an appallingly ironic outcome. The Drive with Josh Graham. It's not ironic. It's just coincidental. On Sports Hub Triad. Back at Operation Basketball Uptown Charlotte. Well, we're now being joined by someone who's a Charlottean, kind of. Yeah. It's Wes Durham. Yeah, of the four ACC days a week. Network. Four days a week, Josh. TV star Wes Durham, who you know from Mark Packer's basement yeah. on Packer and Durham. When I'm driving down I-40 in the triad, I see it almost twice a week. Yeah. I see the billboards with your face and Packer's face on it. Man, you can catch it on TV, the ACC Network in the morning from Packer's basement. Yeah. Yeah, the billboard, by the way, um, I had no idea. Small story here. <laughs> so about, golly, I want to say we hadn't been on the air four days, right? We do the first live show on Friday the 23rd, the next week. I think the billboard, there's one on I-40 in there. Yes. Yeah, that's this is the same billboard-ish. My college roommate calls me. Hey, how you doing? Good. He goes, I got a problem. I said, well, how can I help you? He said, well, you didn't get to take this damn billboard down for starters. I said, what billboard? I had no idea. I had no idea. Josh, no idea. Yeah. And I said, and I talked to this guy maybe once or twice a year, right? And uh, so he calls me and says, yeah, there's a billboard on I-40, and it's your head and Packer's head, and they're kind of bobbing back and forth. And I went, What? He said, yeah, you're on, uh, you're on I-40, and it's a digital billboard. Fortunately, it doesn't last very long. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Appreciate that. So, you know what's great about this conversation? There is somebody sitting in their car right now looking at your Seeing the face. billboard, and it lasts about seven, eight seconds. <laughs> and then, you know, they're Perfect digital. Perfect amount of time. And they fly. Well, and my mom, God bless her, was here yesterday in town, and we had lunch, and she said, oh, yeah, a friend of mine saw the billboard in the Raleigh area. I said, really? She goes, yeah. It's a shame it's not like the old billboards, you know, what they used to wallpaper them on, you know, and they'd stay up 90 days, 120 days or whatever. And I go, actually, Mom, I think I think it's plenty that it's eight seconds. We don't need a lot more than that. So, But it's good, and look, we're having a blast, and I hope people are enjoying the show. Looking at the actual basketball, we get asked to pick our preseason poll. Sure. That's going to come out later in the week. I always tend to lean on what I know versus the unknown variables, hmm. no matter how highly touted they may be. Right. And Louisville, with eat. Even without Enoch returning and without Waro returning, I think they were going to be a pretty good club. Yes. With them both back and adding Williamson, a top 25 player, and the top 100 as well, it seems that's the team that has the best mix between experience and young talent. That's where I start 
if I'm trying to pick a favorite for the week? Where do you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm big on Louisville because I think, number one, Chris Mack's a great coach. Not a good coach. He's a great coach. And he joins another list of great coaches that are already in this league, right? Um, and I think that David Johnson is a player we're all going to forget because he got hurt this summer and we don't know his timetable to return. But when he comes back, he and Williamson and Fresh Kimball, who transferred from St. Joe's, and then you had Darius Perry and Warnock, uh, uh, Wara, Enoch, and uh, don't forget Malik Williams. Yeah. Malik Williams is hurt, and when he comes back. So when is Louisville whole is the only question I have, right, it kind of in terms of their overall success. But it's interesting. Dan Bonner was with us this morning. And he said, well, you know, all those schools are fine, but don't leave out Florida State. Because when you go back and look at what Florida State has done in the last four years when it comes to the NCAA tournament, Florida State has been deep. They've been impactful. They've been to Elite Eights and Sweet Sixteens. And quite frankly, Leonard Hamilton has a process now that as much as we want to talk about everybody else's success, his is really unique in that he can involve guys. He's got 35 on the roster, and he plays 12. And he line changes like hockey teams. I mean, I, I said it on the air last year. He's got a penalty kill and a power play. And he's got no problem, you know, calling a timeout, dead ball, changing five, bringing five, the whole bit. So and you think they could contend to win this league? I think that's possible, sure. Okay. Because here's why. As much as we want to push bigs in this league, okay, what's the number? And I'll use Carolina and Duke as the example right now. Why do you believe in Carolina and Duke right now? Well, Duke, it goes back to, okay, what you trust Coach K to do on the recruiting trail but what and players, the more back. Okay, what, what, do you players, what players impact your faith in Duke and Carolina to be good? Trey Jones. That's Duke. okay. Stop. Point guard. Carolina. Cole Anthony. Point guard. Florida State. Trent Forrest. Absolutely. Okay. Trent Forrest. I mean – we're talking about Louisville, and my, my first answer to you about Louisville is, what do we know about Fresh Kimball, transfer from St. Joe's? Darius Perry as a scorer is inconsistent, but he is arguably one of the better on-ball defenders in the league. The reason he's one of the better on-ball defenders is because Trent Forrest is the best. He and Trey Jones are the best on-ball defenders in this league, without hesitation. Now, Cole Anthony can be an explosive offensive machine who, by the way, on Instagram does some stuff that's silly yeah. when it's a pickup game at Carmelo's place or something. But to me, Cole Anthony has to prove he can stop somebody too. I know Trey Jones, and I know Trent Forrest can stop, and I know Darius Perry can stop. I don't know that about Kihei Clark. I don't know that about Cole Anthony. I think Markel Johnson's pretty talented at NC State. I mean, you see where I'm going with this? As much as we want to push everything else about the league, Old sage guys who've either coached or seen the league, like Seth Greenberg, Dan Bonner, Mike Shashevsky, Roy Durham. Williams, Jim Bayham. Yeah, I'm old. I'll be 54 in January. They can talk about that's still a guards league. We get to the NCAA tournament, you're going to pick teams based on who's got good guards. Always happens. Never. It, why do we want to deviate from that here today? It's a really good question. I don't know if it's right or not, but it's a really good question. You, you start looking at the players who can be effective here. And I think it changes the game, to be honest. Wes Durham from the ACC Network with us on Sports Up Tri. We're at Operation Basketball Uptown Charlotte. I am a little concerned about North Carolina because when you look at their lineup, yes, they have Cole Anthony. Mm -hmm. There are other unknown variables when you have to replace as much scoring as they do. Correct. But I only look at two forwards right now I know I can trust 
if I'm Roy Williams. And I might even be generous in saying that because we don't know yet what Armando Baycott is, but he's somebody who, all accounts, in great shape, five-star player, your typical North Carolina big, and Garrison right. Brooks is obviously someone you could rely on as well. After that, we don't know what Sterling Man Manley's health is, right. and we don't know potentially what Brandon Huffman could give. How much concern do you have with North Carolina when it comes to the state of their front court? It's a good question. I think it's the one they have to answer first, right? Uh, they may have to answer it on opening night with Notre Dame, right? Sure. When you think about it, because John Mooney, Jawan Durham. What station is that on? Nate Leshesky. It's on the ACC network. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, when you start thinking about those guys, how, how valuable is that piece, right? I mean, you know, John Mooney's going to be a problem for Carolina on opening night. And when you think about it, Prentice Hub and, you know, T.J. Gibbs, it's quite a challenge for Cole Anthony on opening night. They gave North Carolina problems last yeah, year exactly. in the Smith Center. And so, you know, the reality of it is Mike Bray's been waiting a while and Rex Fluger's going to shoot threes because he's back. So, I, look, I think that those are the kinds of things with Carolina – with Cole Anthony, but they lost a lot, but we've all seen that show, you know? One guy group in, one guy in group out. Let's let's wait and see how this plays out. I think it'll be an interesting year for Carolina, and I think they'll end up being very, very good, but there may be some ebbs and flows early for sure. Whenever you Same with Duke, by the way. I think, I think you know, with Duke kind of mixing and matching, I mean, Jack White and Javin Delaurier are obviously very veteran pieces, and I think Delaurier really played well at times last year, but having Trey Jones back, that cures a lot of ills right now for the for the Hall of Fame coach. Whenever you launch a TV network, mm -hmm. there's going to be uncertainties. West Durham with us from the ACC network. How have things either exceeded your expectations? <laughs> How have things have been different than what you thought they'd be? Oh, I don't I don't know that I've had any expectations other than I thought the the professionals we had lined up would do a great job covering the league. Um, I, you know, look, we're the analogy I like to use, Josh, is we're an airplane that's taken off, right? And when you take off, you you got to climb to cruising altitude. We're still climbing. I mean, we're only on the air. What we haven't been on the air sixty days yet, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm optimistic that by the time you know year one finishes, I think people around the league, regardless of your affiliation for school or your affinity for school. I think people will see a uh, a network that is number one done a good job storytelling. They've done a really good job of blending people and showing people sports that are not obvious. Basketball and football are easy. I think baseball, softball, volleyball, soccer. I mean, look, you're you're sitting in the town where the men's and women's number one soccer teams in the country are, right? Yes, we are. I mean, um, so I, look, I'm excited about kind of where this thing's going not how it started. I mean, there have been some bumps, yeah. We've had some turbulence going up on a couple of things, but at the same time, I'm optimistic that the, the job we're ultimately going to do when we get to cruising altitude is going to be really, really good. One of those professionals that you're going to be working with during basketball season, it was announced today, Carlos Boozer yeah. on the set. I, I had a chance to catch up with him a little bit. Man, he had this big, thick beard. I said, how long have you been working on that? He said, two years. He's like, where's yours? Don't. <laughs> I don't know how that would look, Wes. Tell us it's not happening, Josh. It's out red. It's, it's okay not, to know your limitations, man. Yeah, I, that's not one of my strong <laughs> points at all. Wes, Mine either. congratulations Thanks, on the start it. of the network. I'm sure we'll see you sometime soon when the Falcons visit uh, Bank of America Stadium. Appreciate that is, you doing uh, it. That's like mid-November. Oh, No telling where those two teams will be by then. Oh, and basketball season will be in full flight. <laughs> that's Wes Durham from the ACC Network. Danny Manning, the head coach of Wake Forest Basketball, will join us next.
you could try getting your sports news and talk somewhere else. My life sucks quite enough already, thank you. Best to leave it right here on The Drive with Josh Graham. at Operation Basketball on Tuesday afternoon on the drive and we're visiting now with Wake Forest head basketball coach Danny Manning about a month away from the start of the year Danny and from your perspective when people come up to you and they're asking hey what are some things you guys having this year that are going to be different how are you going to turn things around what are some things that you get to see on a day-to-day basis that maybe people on the outside aren't privy to as you try to get the Deeks back to the tournament for the first time in a few years? Well, I think one thing is uh, the senior leadership that we have. You know, we've got three senior guards that have played quality minutes in college, uh, with Brandon playing the most in the ACC and, and having a level of success last year in scoring the ball and, and um, having assists, um, Tory Johnson, having some success and um, bringing in Andrew White as, as a transfer graduate student. So those three guys kind of kind of lead the way for us. They all have experience. They all understand what it takes to be successful in college. So I'm excited about that. I've got some upperclassmen, big guys that uh, have been in the fire before, and so they have a feel for it. So, you know, this is one of the more experienced teams that we'll put out there on the court um, in recent memory, to be honest with you. Um, the majority of our games. We have some very talented freshmen that will contribute as well. And, um, you know, we're looking for contributions from them. But we don't have to hang our hat on contributions from the freshmen like we've had in the past. I don't have to throw a freshman out there in, in terms of feeding them to the wolves, if you will, and baptism by fire and figure it out on the go. I can give them small doses of it. And it kind of reminds me of Brandon's situation when he came in as a freshman, where he played some, but... Um, you know, he got his feet wet and he, he got a taste of it, but, you know, we didn't have to uh, leave him out there for extended periods of time if he wasn't ready for it. I remember last year there were just head-scratcher games, and I would ask you at a press conference, hey, what, what are some things that are happening? And you kept defaulting back. This is what happens at times when you have youth and you have a young team. I was catching up with Brandon not too long ago, Brandon Childress, and he said, it's just a different vibe around the building everybody knowing each other and there being familiarity. But when that translates onto the floor, Danny, in what spots, what situations do you think that experience helps you most? Well, uh, hopefully it, it helps us in all the situations out there on the floor. You know, every situation is different. Every moment down the court, um, defensively, the need, um, obviously you want to make sure the team doesn't get a quality shot um, or a shot at all. You want to make sure you finish a possession with the basketball whether it's a, a loose ball pickup or a rebound. So having that understanding of, of that, I, I think this group has a good feel for that. And um, not that groups in the past haven't, but you don't know until you know. You don't have experience until you have it. And, and, and now we're at a point where you know, we're putting some guys out there on the court that have a decent level of experience. Ideally, what would you want Brandon Childress's role to be? Because it seemed like at points last year, you were asking a lot of him, maybe too much of him at the point guard spot. I'm going to ask a lot of him this year as well. Um, but there's a little bit more balance in terms of um, guys that he's out there with. Um, you know, he's the quarterback of our team. 
And he's got to make sure everybody's on the same page out there on the floor. He's got to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. And that's a tough job. And um, put that on the top of he's got to score some points for us too. He's got to get some assists for us. Um, but, but not at the rate he had to get them last year because there is a little bit more balance for us throughout the, uh, throughout the lineup. So, but there are going to be some games where he's going to have to do some heavy lifting, no question about it. All players on teams go through that. And um, there'll be some nights where he's going to be more facilitator. So a lot of it's just going to depend on how the other guys are playing, what the situation is, and things of that nature. It's Wake Forest basketball coach Danny Manning with us on Sports Hub Dryas. The thing I like about Brandon, he's somebody who's very present. And he's, I think he told us one time, I have one more year left, and I want to make sure I file away things and remember what's happening so years from now I could appreciate my time at Wake Forest. And also playing alongside his dad, his dad being on your coaching staff. You're somebody I think can relate to that as your dad was at Kansas when you played over there. When you think back on the times you enjoyed playing the game most, as somebody who played it at the high school level locally and then at Kansas at the top level of college basketball, then in the NBA, what do you go to first? It doesn't matter what level, I go to memories. Yeah, I go to memories and, and, and reflect back on the, the good times, the hard times, the trying times, the difficult times of, of all those levels. Um, you know, whenever you see a former teammate that you played with in high school or you played with in college, you, you played with professionally, and take it a step further, that you played up against, there's always a sense of appreciation for what the sacrifices that they made to, to be at that level. And... Um, there's always a bond, you know, different. I just saw uh, Carlos Boozer over there, and we never played against each other. I mean, played with each other. We played against each other. But it's always good to see somebody that you've kind of been in the trenches with and you've battled with. So that's a unique fraternity. And all sports have it, but, you know, our, our fraternity in basketball is a little bit different just because of um, there's so much common ground. You know, like now it's former players that I see, it's, you know, it was our children play or they're playing sports or things of that nature. So the conversation changes, but the bond is always there. There isn't a level you found to be more satisfying, more fulfilling than others? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think you look at the professional level and you can say that's more satisfying because there's a financial tag to it. Sure. Um, but yet and still, you know, I reflect back on my days at Kansas. I reflect back on my high school days. Um, these are all memories that are very special to me. And... Um, you know, so for me, it's, you know, being fortunate. I had great coaches coming up in high school and college, obviously, and playing professionally. I played for some Hall of Fame coaches. And so for me, those memories are always something that I can reflect back upon. And um, no matter what I'm going through, because um, life happens, you know, there'll be maybe it's a small piece of time. Maybe it's a little bit more extended piece of time, but those memories are something that I always reflect back on very fondly. It's Wake Forest basketball coach Danny Manning with us on Sports Hub Trying. This morning at the Commissioner's Forum, I asked John Swafford about the rotation that's currently in place for the ACC tournament, and it's going to be returning to Greensboro for the first time since 2015. Now you got Brooklyn a part of the footprint, which you've been to a few times, and Washington, D.C. as well. Are there, and it's been in Charlotte too, last year most recently, are there certain sites that you enjoy more than others? Well, I think the ACC tournament in itself is special. Um, now, for me, I grew up in Greensboro. I grew up around the ACC tournament, and I like it in Greensboro. That's just my personal preference. Um, 
But I think the places that we've gone, the markets that we hit, when you look at uh, the New York market, when you, you talk about the Charlotte area, I mean, the ACC tournament is well received no matter where it goes because of the ACC and what this league stands for, the, the tradition, the history, the great players, the great coaches, and the great teams. And so the product that we have is a great product. Um, I just like it in Greensboro a little bit more. Well, what makes it special, though? Greensboro specifically. Well, I, I think that was kind of the, the heart of the ACC tournament, where it, you know, kind of grabbed the hold and really locked into the community. And I think the community in Greensboro does a wonderful job of embracing that ACC tournament. Um, there are a lot of people there that support different teams, but at the end of the day, they all come out and support ACC basketball. Danny, it's good to have you here. We'll see you in a month. Thanks for being on in the triad as always. Thank you. And there he goes, Wake Forest basketball coach Danny Manning joining us at Operation Basketball in Charlotte. Your thoughts are welcome on Twitter at Sports Hub Dryad. The drive brought to you in part by our friends at Pie Guys Pizza and more. Pay them a visit in Clemens, right off of Louisville Clemens Road. It is the Kinnaman Village Commons. You can find Pie Guys Pizza and more. Try the Grand Slam Pizza. Or how about the Moravian Sugar Cane Pie? I don't know. Maybe you can try the Buffalo Wings as well. A lot of options. Pie Guys Pizza and more online at Pie Guys Dot com. A lot of things there from Danny, and if you're talking about somebody who's just had a very full life of basketball, that's a guy who locally in Greensboro played high school basketball, one of the best players we've ever seen come out of this area, played at Kansas, National Player of the Year. I mean, I don't have to go through his entire track record. You know it by now, but it's an important year for the Dukes, and Danny He's somebody who generally doesn't make excuses. He's a guy who will tell you what he believes might be the cause of something that isn't working. And at many points last year, he said simply, it's youth. And sometimes you have head-scratching results when the youth of a team just hasn't been in certain spots, especially in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, there are some people who hear that and think, okay, well, that is somebody making excuses. Many players, many teams across the country make things happen with young lineups. But... That's not something he could say this time around. As Danny just noted in this conversation, that he has a very experienced team now. A lot of guys back. Andrian White going to contribute as a transfer from Charlotte, a grad transfer, or a transfer who's now a redshirt senior. Brandon Childress back. And a handful of guys. Chandy Brown going to be an impact player for Wake Forest. If things don't work out for Danny and Wake Forest this year, it won't be because of you. And the standard at Wake Forest, and frankly from pretty much every program in the ACC, it has to be higher than making the NCAA tournament one time in a six-year stretch. Danny knows that. We've discussed it with Danny. There are Wake Forest basketball fans who are unhappy at the moment, but Danny's privy to things that we haven't seen behind the scenes. And he knows what he has more than anybody else we will all get a chance to see what exactly that is in one month, and we'll evaluate at that point. Once again, on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad, we are at ACC Operation Basketball Uptown Charlotte. 